Wakey, wakey, Iggy Biggy. Tis the Smart Coast Morning Show, blasting awesome sauce all over your interwebs. Oh, good morning, everybody. Welcome to the Smodco Morning Show, Tuesday Left Coast Edition. I am a host. Um, oh, your mic's not on. There's a little switch there. Well, that would have been a much better podcast. I know. <laughs> I think some of us would have been grateful. Uh, I am a host, Marty Yu, with another host, William Bill Watterson. Ooh. Um, uh, you know, I once again had the experience of... Um, Signing in for an audition is Bill, and the guy saying, I don't see you on the list, and there's a picture of me that says William Watterson. It's such a rare at thing. At the time that I said I was supposed to be there, and I pointed at the picture and said, that's me, and he said, William? And I said, yes, William is the legal version of Bill. How do people not fucking know that? Was How he, do people not know that? Was he a foreigner? Uh, he, was, he, was, he was one of yours, but he didn't have an <laughs> accent or anything. <laughs> One of mine. Fuck off. Uh, for those of you turning in for the first time wondering what the hell you're listening to, you're just listening to nonsense. Just people just shit talking at each for other. For those of you tuning in who don't know who our hosts are, Marty is Asian. Oh. Well, no. That's, uh, the, that's Bill, the joke. Bill is super white. That was the joke. I'm super really white. white. Um, English German blood. If you want to join in on the conversation, we are... Uh, we read tweets off the Twitter. That's at Nooner Dan Marty. At Nooner Dan Marty. Because that makes sense. Uh, you can email us Nooner. at noonerpodcast at gmail.com. And then we have a Tumblr going. That's tuesdaysmornings.tumblr.com. And um, yeah, it's just going to be me and Bill this week. Uh, just, just, just. Just. Some people like the, the female voice. That's you know? not to say. You can't like us as well. No, that's absolutely true. Uh, so just drive all the way to fucking Eagle Rock just to be a just. Steve uh, Kruger is in Pittsburgh for another week or two, finishing up uh, shooting there. and uh, Or unless he decides to stay there. Who knows? Um, He's not going to decide to stay in Pittsburgh. He, he, you listen to him talk about it. He loves those fries and uh, whatever. No, he, he'll be back. Um but then he also might be moving to Austin, so we'll we'll find out more about that when he comes back. Uh, Emily is filming a short film today, I think, oh, good. or rehearsing for a short film. I forget which, but she's hoping to be, be back she's next working. week. Uh, I saw Dan Etheridge this weekend. He flew in from Vancouver for a couple it was days. Slippery. Yep, yep. But he uh, sent his regards. Danada. Vancouver, Danada is doing great. He's sporting a rugged Pacific Northwest beard. Ooh, I'd yeah. like to see Dan with a beard. I don't think I've ever seen that. He's he's quite a hirsute fellow, but he seems in good uh, good spirits. Shows going well. He's there shooting uh, I Zombie, of course. And, yeah, and I, I just read about in the trades. What would they say? Some exciting anticipation. Uh, I think the gist it it was a comic book adaptations article, mm. and I think the gist was that it's not. Um, adhering too closely to the source material. Uh, that, to me, that's a good thing. You know? I didn't read the source material. Yeah. And well, I think I mean, Dan can do whatever the fuck he wants. Yeah, well, Rob Thomas and Diane Ruggiero are excellent writers, so I, I trust their their uh, narrative judgment when it comes to such things. Uh, some things translate well to comic books, some things don't. Um, I don't know if you ever read the comic book of Scott Pilgrim. Uh, I did not. And but I had a good friend who used to work for uh, Oni Press. Yeah, in Portland. Yeah. Um, 
uh, the uh, it was a fairly uh, it, it strayed a lot from it, I think, and uh, um, and I think that was a good thing. I think Edgar Wright worked wonders with that uh, movie. I really liked it a lot. Um, good morning to Logan and Tyson and Amy Elizabeth and SD Boost. Um, these are people on the Twitter, uh, Lillian Jane, and also um, Jared. Uh, no, no, not Jared. Um, Nelson Brown at Brownimation. He found uh, Yaver on tap in Redwood City. I saw that. I yeah. favorited that. I retweeted that. I appreciated that. That's awesome. I salute that. Yeah. Uh, for those of you who don't know, Bill is the face of Yaver beer, which is a like you know German shit beer, but um, it's actually a very crisp, clean, <laughs> chemical-free pilsner. Mm-hmm. Well, all pilsners are chemical-free by uh, definition. Um, that doesn't mean it's not chemical-free, fucko. Oh, so I guess we're we're having some trouble on the Stitcher. I guess I guess this doesn't make it any difference. But Hyper Canadian and uh, Amy Elizabeth said uh, that we're having. I don't know what that means. Yeah, well, I have to be honest. I don't know what Stitcher is. Oh, okay. Well, are you going to inform me, or are you just going to no, segue into politics? Uh, so we're engaged in God damn it. a war. Well, with, while I'm ignoring you, I'll be looking up Stitcher online. Well, that's why you have two computers in front of you. Uh, with this um, this militant group called ISIS. You know, they've called ISIS in the U.S. press, meaning that it's... Not to be confused with the 70s television show no, called ISIS. No, almighty ISIS, ISIS, ISIS. Uh, it stands for the Islamic State of Iraq and Syria, um, even though that's not what they call themselves. They just I was going to say, it's pretty unlikely just, that all the letters would work out to a word we all know in all different languages. Uh, right, right. So they, they call themselves the Islamic State. Um, they're basically Islamic Sunnis, many of whom served under uh, Saddam Hussein, and they were displaced by the U.S. invasion of Iraq, shoved out of office some... And they basically went into hiding, came up with this great plan, um, and uh, to take over, to create, they have a goal. Well, that's new. Yeah, yeah. And uh, it's to create an Islamic state. And that would basically... Just one? uh, Yeah. But it would be on Iraqi and and Syrian soil. So basically, they're trying to create uh, just their own Muslim state, um, or I guess Islamic state, so, um, free from the governments of Iraq and Syria. And, and the United States, presumably. Well, but there, it wouldn't be on our land. Uh, so they have a very clear goal, and they have very um, uh, strong tactics. And uh, actually, it's interesting, you know, France... It sounds like you're breaking down a script. Yeah, sure. You've got to have a clear goal. You want to define your tactics. Right, and a 3X structure. So the first achieve act. that goal, and you need to be aware of what your obstacle is. Make the other person the most important person in the We're scene. right now in, heading into the second act. Um, so the, the French are calling them uh, the Daesh, which is an acronym for... Douche. Dalat al-Islamia fal-Iraq wa al-Sham. It's French for douche. No, actually, the reason why they, they call them that is because... The reason um, is that, Marty. The reason is because it's redundant. All right. The reason they're calling him is it's an, it sounds like an Arabic word for being crushed underfoot, which... Ooh, it's onomatopoetic. Uh, and so it's, it's offensive to them. So the Islamic State doesn't like being called that. So they, they're deliberately calling them that. And so I think that's very... I like that. Any way you can just put it, create a dig 
on them, I, I think is great because they're using very uh, 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 horrific tactics. That, you know, they're beheading Western journalists and allegedly Westerners. Uh, no, I'm kidding. <laughs> I did and, not watch the videos because I don't watch videos of beheadings, but I know that they exist. And they're stealing. They've invaded banks to steal billions of dollars. They they're taking over oil fields and refining oil and selling it back to you know, oil companies that get used in the Western world. Um, and they've they're creating infrastructure in the cities they're taking over, um, and then they're also taking over the education system. And so in Mosul, is it Mosul? Uh, let's see. Well, they're they're yeah. They took over Mosul, and then they're the school year's about to start, and they've they've banned uh, classes on history, literature, uh, Christianity. Oh, good! Um, what the world needs is more naivete. Right. Well, and they've banned evolution. Um, and surely they don't allow women to go to school either. Yeah, and they've declared patriotic songs blasphemous, and they they're same sens- group that kidnapped. No, sorry, that's Africa. Never mind. Uh, they're censoring books. So basically, they they are in it for the long haul. They're, they're trying to create this Islamic state. They're trying to reprogram an entire generation. Right, exactly. And and by reprogram them with ignorance. Right. And it's a very it's a great way it's to such a destructive goal to create. Uh, yeah, that's how you can have suicide bombers. People who loyalty, are, blind who are, loyalty, blind loyalty. In in you know, basically, it's an amazing way to use human beings to further your personal agendas. Even and, if you believe those agendas are aligned with your God, you're still a fucking asshole. Right. And and so the Western world has unified um, to, and, and some Arabic states, to fight ISIS because they want to destroy them and degrade them and all that stuff. Um, so, but there's big talk about like how we don't, we Americans don't want to put American boots on the ground. And, you know, f- people on the news are, have been saying that. Um, so they want to do instead drone strikes, right? And drone strikes. Should have known this was heading towards drone strikes. Well, it's not just. It's just not a very practical solution, right? Because you can't just knock out um, key buildings and target assassinations to to take over, take back the country. It's just not an effective way. Some boots, someone, someone's boots need to be on the ground. So what we're doing is we're supplying arms. Someone's boots need to be made for walking? Yes. So we are providing arms to uh, Syria and uh, the Peshmergas and Can we just parachute a bunch of boots? Right. And just Actual <laughs> boots and just put them on just the ground. Just with little robot walker <laughs> things, just like right. drones with boots on them. Uh and so, but we're arming the people that we almost airstruck last year, you know, in well, Syria. Didn't we put Gaddafi in power? Yeah, and, then and so it's, a, and it's such Saddam a, in power, and, and it's all and our I, fault, guys. But I think that there's this 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 false uh, sense that we are going to just solve it. We're going to just target the key guys, shoot them with lasers, you know, from the sky, and and drone missiles that are you know with pinpoint accuracy. And then next week we'll go back to you know watching the, the the new fall schedule. That's American efficiency for you, right? But that's that's what we want. We want easy solutions. But David Cameron, you know the the PM of, uh, of England, England, the he, United Kingdom, Great yeah, Britain. He told Parliament. He said that this is going to be um, this is going to take years. This action will take years to be effective. And I don't think that people here appreciate that. 
I don't think that people here are focused on this even. Well, but it's, you know, we're going to be spending billions but of dollars. Though, but no, I, mean, I don't say that to deflate your argument. I say it to, to make it even, I think it's even worse than you think. It's not that people here no, 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 think exactly. there's a clear solution. It's that people here are like, yeah, ISIS, boy, that's happening over there. Yeah. And, and that's so, somebody else's problem to deal with. And so I would... Good thing we don't have Ebola. Right. Yet. Yeah. Well, I don't think we will. I don't think that'll be a problem. I, I'm, I'm melting. <laughs> well, that's for totally different reasons. The emotion, Ebola doesn't just affect your emotional state. Oh, okay, okay. <laughs> then I, well, I won't go get it tested. But um, I just so my thing is that we need to take a, a really long view on this. So we need to go in and how do Spies. we? Spies. Well, no, I think we need to put in CIA strike force, not just governmental, uh, not just military money, but we have to put non non military money um, aid there. A school to, that does teach things, exactly, exactly, yeah. and and to promote, do you know, just good science promotion, do good education promotion, and just provide infrastructure so that because right how, now, how do you how do you protect that? How do you do that I, without well, it being but constantly you that, under assault? You need that in. And who the hell is going to take that job? Well, you need to do that in combination. I mean, I would with the military, you know, so you right. can't just do one. You have to then leave behind a strong sense of, of stability. But and, that requires leaving behind boots. Yeah. Security well, boots. I mean, that, that's how we feel. What we, I feel we should and have also, done the first time we went into Iraq in 2002. Yeah. But it also, it also creates an environment of terror and fear with a bunch of, well, that's what six they, foot Americans with machine guns standing. But that's what they feel school. right now. Like, okay, so... Yes, but it's self-inflicted. Okay, uh, no, 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 no. Um, so right now... And that's not to, okay, that's not to no, say no, no, it's no, their no, fault. No, no, it's wait, to say wait, there isn't me, that, no, that no, foreign there, There's presence. no perception of America being a good guy right now. Right. Right now, the association with America is that they are the ones who are just randomly bombing us with these drones. Mm -hmm. And you know, I'm just going to play you... This is uh, actually... John Oliver, who's just as great, great work. He's really, he's really stepped into that role amazingly. Yeah. Well. And he just bring he, he. It's a combination of passion and intelligence. Yeah. And performance that is so, that is so rare. And so this is what he, um, said this week. Or he quoted, there was a boy providing testimony, a Pakistan, uh, a Pakistani boy, I think. Um, about how he felt about the drone strikes. World, listen to this 13-year-old Pakistani boy whose grandmother was killed in a drone strike. I no longer love blue skies. In fact, I now prefer gray skies. The drones do not fly when the skies are gray. And for a short period of time, the mental tension and fear eases. Look, it is completely natural for us not to want to think about the consequences of our drone program. But when children from other countries are telling us that we've made them fear the sky, it might be time to ask some hard questions. And I think that says a lot. Like, it's an absolutely, um, it's a tool, a, a very effective tool in not putting us uh, Americans in harm's way. Mm -hmm. But it's just... It, it, the effect is not. Um, it, it can't just be to take out somebody. You also have to replace it with goodwill. It has to be one tool in a toolbox, not the, exactly not the, not the, the only, only tool method. Exactly. Yeah. So when you get these pundits saying, you know, we just just you know missiles, drone strikes, missiles, drone strikes, it's just not. Uh, it's not going to result in uh, the. 
the destruction of a healthy culture. Yeah, it, it, it doesn't promote a healthy culture. Yeah, and which so, is all, which is all anybody wants anywhere in the world except ISIS. Yeah, so we need. I think we need to to think of beyond the news cycle. You know, of just like what what is getting looking for things to make us angry. You know, <laughs> and so we need to. Uh, it just it, put ourselves in a position of acting, not reacting. Yes, and and also just understanding that these these are really hard problems. Uh, climate change is a hard problem, and and Race. destroying. Uh, Fighting terrorism is a really difficult problem, and there are no simple solutions. And but we all want them. So ah, that's where I disagree with you. What you don't think people want simple solutions? Uh, I think there are people who don't want solutions. I think there are people who profit from the problem. No, but they profit from the problem by 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 saying that there are simple solutions, and or by saying that there isn't a problem. Uh, well, but but sure, but they're saying like. You know, you look on the news and these guys are just saying, Obama's doing it wrong. We should do it my way. And like Bill O'Reilly saying that we should have um, a, a, a force of mercenaries. That's his, his thing is how we get a quarter million uh, soldiers that we pay and then we just send them where we need to go and uh, where we need to fight things so we don't put Americans on the ground and we're just using this paid fighting force. It's a terrible idea. Like, we want people fighting not for money, but Didn't you see for Universal liberty. Soldier? Yeah. Oh, Bill O'Reilly? Wow, that's a <laughs> crazy, weird 90s reference. Uh, it's, kinda, it's supposed to be a pop culture show. Oh, sure. Yeah, but I mean, Universal Soldier. Ah, man. Uh, I, actually, they made a... They made a sequel of that last year that went straight to I video. I thought they did, yeah. yeah. Was it with J.C.B.D.? Uh, yeah, I think oh. so. Do you still have the necklace of ears? I don't know. I'm amazed that you remember the necklace of ears. That's great. I remember a lot about that movie. Way more than I should. Um, Dan Etheridge actually worked for the company at the time that made that film. Oh, yeah? Yeah, Indie Prod. Or, or Carolco. Carolco, I guess. Um, hey, how come our careers have soared? I don't know. Because we're terrible people. No, that's not true. We're extremely gifted. We're extremely giving. We have big hearts. We work hard. So we're, we're bottomless wells of opportunity for, for someone who would recognize the skill sets we bring to the table. How come we're not working? Uh, Darren asks, how much of this uprising is a consequence of shock and awe? I, you know, I think, I, yeah, I don't know. I don't. I don't, I don't know that quite I understand, understand shock the shock and awe doctrine, but certainly I didn't know there was one. Can, can you? Oh, I don't. Well, that was what. Uh, oh, that all was right, Bush's, I'll just look it up again. That was Bush's strategy of when we first went in shock and awe. So basically, you just overwhelm them. Overwhelm with our, them. Oh, and, Vietnam it. Yeah. Oh, because that worked so well in fucking Vietnam, you idiot. Yeah. So why do you think? What do you think Return of the Jedi was about? Did you see how easily those Ewoks took down those giant scout walkers? You just need to. Put some vines across the way, you know, and just and and <laughs> that was Vietnam in a nutshell. And you throw lo logs at them and all that stuff. If you're unwilling to learn from your history, learn from a galaxy far, far away. But the reason, so anyhow, to sum up, just people want uh, easy solutions. They don't want to have to think about problems, and yes. they certainly don't want to contribute financially or intellectually if they don't so, have to. Right. And, you know, back in the day... They want day, somebody else to do it. Back in the day, they, when they, we had a war, we, we raised taxes to pay for these wars. Mm -hmm. and war bonds. And we have done we none asked, of that. We, the rationing and the volunteerism. And, right. And there's, we have not been asked to sacrifice it at all. And, and right. we're in this consumer culture where we... Drafted. Where, Jesus Christ. Talk about the ultimate sacrifice. Which, yeah. People were drafted. Yeah, exactly. So, 
think about that and think about uh, I, I don't know what to do, uh, uh, but certainly there's I like solutions. There's some hard times but you ahead. Don't have one. Yeah. Well. Um, by the way, I just want to talk, talk about Giselle. Uh, she's been a great addition to the show. And I she was, am, I'm inspired by her. I'm such a huge fan. I yes. have no idea. And if you haven't listened, heard her go back a couple episodes, she's just been just a, a, a great addition. And she will be on uh, in future shows as well. And you know, she is a, um, a persona that is uh, that my friend has uh, adopted. And she performs as uh, Giselle. And it's just a, a really great extension of of uh, who she of the goodness of my friend. Right. So it's a personification, such a, such a kind soul, such yeah, a, such and a very very funny, calm She's, and centered yes. person, capable of such great observations. Not 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 superficially calm, mm-hmm. and still able to have great access to humor, observation. Yes, and um, I know we have a couple German listeners. Truth. No, obviously, I'm sure you guys know the German listeners that she's not actually German, but um, she is uh, just. A, Are you allowed to be saying all of this? I am allowed to be all, saying all this, but Giselle is not. Um, it. Well, it, I'll, I'll be honest with you; it shocked the hell out of me. Yes, and uh, so she's working on trying to create a movie uh, based on on the Giselle character, but um, it we, shocked the hell. I felt I almost felt betrayed. Mm-hmm. No, because I, I was like, I would follow this. I would follow this person to the ends of the earth, just in pursuit of one <laughs> one percentage of the happiness that I can see. I had a friend who said, attained. "I don't want to meet her. I just want to meet Giselle." Right. <laughs> so, uh, so we love having her, and um, and that is, and she'll she'll be back. Um, I miss you, Giselle. Yes, I I don't know if she knows how to listen to the show. Um, well, just go to the speedy sp- spoofer. Spink, spink, sphincter. What was it? Sphincter. It's what called it? sphincter. No, the Stitcher. <laughs> um, have you been watching any of the new fall season? I've been, I've been certainly catching up. I have to say, no. Um, when I have time to watch, I'm still trying to. I, I want to do the wire. Um, so that, <laughs> that's enough. where my watching goes. Uh, I still, you know, it's tough. I not tough, but I, I still use. Amazon Prime and Netflix as my oh, as great my portals, and I really um, want to but start. But that's all watch, I have. Yeah, so. have you watched Transparent yet? I haven't, but it's on. It's I'm uh, excited. Yeah. I love Jeffrey Tambor. Jeffrey Tambor is God. amazing, and can't wait to see Judith Light back on my you know back on the square screen. Who is Judith Light again? I just read about her. Oh, she was the mother of some sitcom show like Growing Pains or something like okay. that. Um, but yeah, I just I just read about her. I think one of uh, uh, the Key and Peele guys. Jordan Peele, I think he had an improv group called Judith as in Light or something like that. Oh, that's funny. I feel like I just read about it. Um, there was a, a, another sketch group called Margot's Bush. And that was, it was... No, because it was after Margot Kidder was found hiding behind a bush. Right, but still. And, yeah. It's a bit of a double entendre. Oh, of course. Of course. But I thought it was pretty funny. I have to say, I, had a brief, I briefly had a job writing trailers for independent movies. Oh, give us one line. Um, this fall... The skeletons in the family closet want out. Wow, what was that for? Yeah, I came up with that. Uh, it was for a movie called The Attic, starring Elizabeth Moss. Uh-huh. Is that, that's the Mad Men. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Madden. Mad Men. Mad Men uh, something lake. Uh, she was not very good at it. But anyway. Um, point Sci- being. Scientologist. Truly. Mm. Wow. Yeah, well. 
It's going to show. Point being, um, Margot Kidder had a role in one of these movies as sort of like a, not a Wiccan, but a very mystic, I'm on to the fact that this house is haunted before everyone else, crazy-haired character. And she was fantastic. I mean, the movie wasn't. Wait, who was? Margot Kidder. Oh, oh yeah. It was sort of like a comeback. It was the first time I'd seen her since hearing all about Superman. Yeah. I mean, it's the first time I'd seen her in forever. And right. she was so present and riveting. But she must just be impossible to work with because she didn't. Or, or maybe, you know, that that's it's a huge leap of, of yeah, logic. You know, she may have, have just said, you know, I don't want to make these fucking movies anymore. This is a pain in the ass. Yes. And I have to say, it's really hard for women um, who go from being uh, ingenues and leading ladies all of a sudden to being in your late 30s and 40s and finding roles. And you, you The look, roles suck. The competition is fierce. Yeah. And then and you then. Why fucking bother? And you're fighting to keep your looks, but the only roles are for like matronly roles you know mm-hmm. i mean like meg ryan is a case in point a very fine actress who just hasn't uh they're just or or uh demi moore you know they're just not the same role so i've i think it's got to be really tough to be uh an actress going from 30s to 40s but go jenna aniston right am i yeah. right oh yeah yeah she's i can't wait to see what she does next yeah um but I just wanted to, by the way, tweet in what shows, new shows that you think are, are worthy of watching. Uh, that's at Nooner Dan Marty. Is Gotham a home run? Uh, Gotham is not. Um, oh, who's the boss? Boss is Judith who's the Light. the boss? Boss. Who's the No, because boss? I was looking at Judith Light. I would like to know who's the boss. Judith Light operation. the boss? Uh, thank you, Logan. Um, and Tyson, by the way. Uh, so... Yeah, let us know what, what shows you're watching. Gotham, I didn't watch last night's episode, but the first episode was, was solid. And I talked to the the editor. I understand that Ben McKenzie is quite a nice fellow. Oh, really? I don't know. Genuine down-to-earth fellow. That's good to, good to hear. Uh, I talked to the, one of the editors over the weekend on the show, and he's he's excited about it. So, And I think uh, yeah, Danny Cannon, who directed Dread um, with Sylvester Stallone, he directed... This Danny so. Cannon of um, Thirty Something and um, English director. Oh wait, Danny Cannon was the character in. Oh, what Danny Cannon? Jesus. Hang on, let's back up a second. All right, I did not sleep well. All right, Darren, go and get ready. It. Get ready to Wikipedia this yeah, or whatever. Let's tumble the this. shit out of this. Um, no, no, he's going to look it up and correct you. Wasn't Danny Cannon the name of the of the reporter character on The West Wing? Played by Timothy Busfeld, who's a very gifted television director. And also on 30-something. Yes. Uh, yes, That's you're absolutely that right. From. It's yeah. Danny Cannon, isn't it? I don't know. I never saw... You never watched saw... The West Wing? No. My sister directed a what? bunch of episodes. I don't have to feel that. bad about not having finished The Wire anymore. Yeah, you, you never watched The West It's very strong. The only one I watched was the first one that my sister directed. It's... it's... Oh, she directed the pilot? No, no. She oh, directed... the first episode that your sister directed. Sorry, yeah, yeah. when you said the first one, I thought the pilot. No. Uh, we call those the pilot episode in the industry. <laughs> <laughs> Ooh, oh, um, oh, um, wow. Uh, well, that's how do they, they get access to the White House? <laughs> it's exciting. <laughs> it's exciting that your sister directed the West Wing. I did not know that. Yeah, actually, uh, it was fun because uh, she would block it um, ahead of time on the weekends. And so I would go and, and, and it was just really fun to be sitting in the Oval Office. It was, right. It was really cool. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. Was uh, that shout out here? Yeah, yeah, so, yeah, Warner Brothers. Okay. And where they shoot? Oh no, no. Um, is that where they shoot Scandal? 
Do you think Danny yes. Cannon was Scandal. named after the character? Yes, I think so. Character think so. from the, mm-hmm. the West Wing? Okay. Absolutely. That makes sense. Uh, it's a scandal shot in Hollywood, and that was really fun to be in the Oval Office. It's just really awesome to be in the Oval Office wherever wherever it is. It's just like, right. it's crazy. Did um, you order missile strikes when you were seeing Magneto? <laughs> I did. That's what I would have done. Um, uh, this is so unrelated. No, go. Uh, but I had a call back yesterday. Uh, did very well, thank you. Thank you for asking, thank you. Um, and I had, I was a father and there was a, a daughter and her name was Sorsha. And I, I was in a long relationship with a, a woman named Sorsha. It's an Irish name. Oh. She pronounced it Circa, which is another pronunciation. It's an Irish name. It's basically Celtic for Sarah or Irish, not Celtic, but it's Irish for Sarah and it means source of light. Um, so, you know, you're trying to get to know, you're about to go in an audition with this complete stranger and you're supposed to be her father. So you're trying to build a rapport, bang, bang, bang. And I'm like saying all this stuff about her name. What was it, Irish? Oh, I don't know. Uh, no, it is. It's Irish. You mean source? She's like, oh, my parents named me after the character in Willow. Oh, <laughs> like, uh, I want to think that's cool. <laughs> I really want to think that's cool. Mm-hmm. But it's one thing to name your kid after the character in a mediocre movie. But for God's sake, also know that it's Irish language for source of light. It's your fucking daughter. <laughs> it's funny. I know somebody who's named Brandy, and she was named after that, that song. Brandy, you're a fine girl. Such a fine girl. <laughs> what a good wife you would be. Such a fine girl. But my life, my love, and my lady is the sea. So basically, that song is about how Brandy is unmarriable. She's this abandoned woman. Right. And like, oh, I love that song. Let's name our child after the abandoned woman. Fucking idiot. Uh, they're not props, people. They're human beings. What are you in fucking ISIS? Well, I mean, there are people who name, you know, like uh, there was a This American Life um, about a boy whose brother's name was Bill Clinton because his parents were African and they were so grateful to Bill Clinton uh, that they named their kid Bill Clinton. And just, I think it's great. I mean, yeah, whatever. At the end of the day, a name isn't, it, it's arbitrary, you know? Yahoo. Ooh, that's not what. Um Homer would say in the Odyssey, what is in a name? Oh, all right. Well, it's one of the themes of the Odyssey, people. Ugh, whatever. Whatever, Ivy League. Um, Captain Yale over here. Mr. <laughs> fucking Whiff and Poof trying to look down his nose at me. Uh, Tyson says that he, I, I assume he and his wife, are revisiting Gilligan's Island and Happy Days. No new TV. Uh, good for <laughs> Those you. Those are the two. I'd throw Laverne and Shirley in there and, and you got yourself oh, yeah. a triumvirate of classics. Yeah. I like that. Uh, but uh, Some welcome back, Cotter. At Great Red Shift said it would have to be Gotham. I was a bit skeptical at first with the intro, but was hooked by the end. Yeah, the the only thing, and it, like all the characters are in there. Like you see Selena Kyle and she's mm-hmm. every shot, like she's just like posed like a cat. Like just standing. It's a little like, hitting on the you street. over the head. Yeah, yeah. The, and like Enigma, cat. like whatever the uh, Edward Enigma. The future Riddler. Yeah, he... Everything he says is a riddle, and you're just like, okay, got it. No, got it. All right. It's bad enough. His Congratulations for one-noting your entire concept. But at the same time, the pressure is immense to do that. Like, you want to see the Riddler in there, you know. So it's a weird balance that they have to figure out. But um, They're I'm, not there yet? Oh, I don't know. I, I, I've only seen one episode. Uh, I Was it the first one? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> You know, episode, series one, episode one. Um, 
I saw um, uh, this one called Forever with Forever. I haven't even heard of that. It's one. with uh, Judd Hirsch and Owen Griffith, the uh, the oh, Welsh dude. Yeah, Juan Griffod. Yeah, and it uh, it was really good. It was fun. Um, the original Mister Fantastic. Yes, the original. No, no the Reed second. Richards. The second Mister Fantastic. Oh, you're talking about that '80s weird movie? Yeah, Fantastic Four. Yeah, contractual obligation one. Yeah. That never got aired. I think it's on YouTube. Um, but yeah, yes, yes. he was, uh, he's great. He's just like this really charming guy. And you're like, why wasn't, why isn't he a movie star? You know, or why didn't he have his own series? He's done before? a lot of stuff. Sure. Yeah. 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 Some in the TV set directed by Jake Caston. Oh yeah. Yeah. Starring Brian Kranz. Um, was it, you like that one? Uh, I was, there were things I loved about it. I had just worked with Fran Kranz and I actually knew Jake. I don't, I don't know him well. I would know him if I saw him on the street and, and, you know, we've caught up in the last year or so. But, uh, so there was a, there was a degree of, you know, I was pulling for it because I, I knew people involved. Um, so I didn't necessarily watch it with the clearest eye. I also did not know that much about the upfronts and the pilot process. So it was... It was, you know, in the pilot auditioning process. So I definitely got drawn in because they were talking about things I'm trying to learn more about. Right. Uh, right. It wasn't, I mean, it wasn't like groundbreaking or flawless, but there were some great moments. Um, Darren said, Jessica Liu started at a tra- trainee for John Wells. Um, well, first of all, her last name is Yu, like mine. Um <laughs> And uh, she was a trainee at John Wells. So John Wells is uh, he was the uh, producer of the uh, executive producer of the West Wing and, and ER too. Yeah. Yes, and ER. I mean, among many many others, but yeah, yeah, uh, a huge huge uh, uh, producer. And he had a diversity program to where uh. he would have um, people of color and women, and my sisters, both of those. Uh, Your sister's a, a, a colorful program. woman. Yes, she was very colorful. And um, she married. I'm lonely. <laughs> Get the fuck out! That's my sister you're talking about. Yes, Shut up! Yes, yes, no question. I'm a wonderful person. Um, but she um, participated in that program, and mm-hmm. it involves shadowing directors, and then and then she got her. I think the first one was ER, and then she did a couple West Wings, and then wow. um, and yeah, and it was a great program for her. And and John yeah, Wells was so. Yeah, and then I had another friend who was in it and hated the program, and you know, and where's his? No, he just directed a movie. But um, I heard an interesting story. A friend of mine uh, has met someone. Uh, he and his wife have met someone who they've become fast friends with, and her her career arc was she was a PA on Episode One: Phantom Menace in Italy. You mean the pilot episode? The pilot episode of Star Wars. Yeah. Okay. Um, Star Wars and, pilot. <laughs> and. Uh, Star Wars, the pilot, and she, uh, at the, at the wrap of filming, she just went up to George Lucas and said, I would love to work for you. And he said, great. And he hired her at ILM. She worked at ILM for ages. Word got around that she was a great cook, Italian cook specifically. Uh, so it's, oh, you've got to cook for Marty. So she ended up private cooking for Martin Scorsese and he took her under his wing as well. And she's, um, he introduced her to Ron Howard and she's become a protege for Ron Howard and has sort of assistant produced a lot of his project. And it all stemmed from just having the stones to walk up to George Lucas and say, I'd like to work for you. And, and it just made me think the amount of times I've had opportunity. opportunity to say something like that. And it didn't even 
fucking occur to me. I just ran into Joss Whedon on the street last week. It didn't even occur to me. I, it occurred to me to thank him for all of his work, but it caught me so off guard. Uh, that Mr. I didn't, Whedon, I didn't I'd like to suck it. your dick. Um, I'm not yeah, that just, lonely. No, um, but you're that desperate for work. <laughs> that's not true. I'm making a great living this year. Okay, good. I just got a bucket full of checks for a commercial that you can't even see me in. I love that. That's the best. Um, uh, I need to. Uh, that's. I need to do that. I know. I. I. I am. I think pregnant with the need to, to work. Such a gross image. And I'm not talking about money. I'm fine. I'm talking about having a child. I just, I, having a, a create a child of creativity. I just want to contribute. I want to give of the things that are within me, and it's driving. It's killing me. They're actually dying within me because I'm not giving them. And that's true. That's true in my private life, too. But I, I, I mean professionally. And I, I need to remember. Just it's, It could be as simple as, hey, I would like to work for you. This is a um, comedy podcast that you listen to. and uh, Okay. Yeah. No, no, no. It's, I think you're absolutely I think right. this is helpful for it, our listeners. For our listeners or for you? I listen. <laughs> you never listen to this show. That's true. You don't even know what Stitcher is. No, I listened once, and I, I I didn't feel good about my performance, and I didn't want to get in my head about it. So, oh, that's good. That that'll make you better. Um, <laughs> so, my friend who works on Forever, he's was asking this weekend if, when he can come on the show, but he's always been busy writing. Uh, Phil Clemmer, he's a consulting producer on Forever. And I've heard that name Phil Clemmer many times. Well, have you, I met him? Or? Yeah, you met him. Oh, okay. Yeah. And uh, he got his first job Phil! writing. That's an Eddie Murphy reference. Oh, nice. Um, Beverly Hills Cop. The, uh, he, he got his, and I think I mentioned Phil! it, I mentioned it on the um, show that he talked to, I had a, an Oscar party mm-hmm. and Rob Thomas was here, um, you know, who created Veronica Mars mm-hmm. and Phil and just currently filming I zombie up right, in Vancouver. Exactly. Uh, he went up to Rob and said, can I uh, pick your brain about, you know, what's the best way to, to write a spec script, you know, to, uh, you know, I'm interested in TV writing. Mm-hmm. And so Rob said, Oh, well, you know, I'll help you with it and helped him write a spec script. And then, uh, for six feet under, and then eventually hired him as a writer on um, Veronica Mars. There you go. And because he just happened to be here with Rob at, yep. you know, and you know, that's one. Th- it's one thing to take a, an opportunity, but also he is a very good writer. So right, right. You have to you have to make the most of that opportunity once the door's been open. Exactly. But but it takes a serious amount of guts to get that door open. And yeah. I uh, I you know. I have I have people in my life that I could reach out to on that level, and I have I've shadowed a couple directors, and I've had informational interviews and lunches with a couple big names that I'm I'm excited about. And now that I actually have some projects going, I've been sitting down with uh, guys that work at huge companies who are too who are too too big a company for our project, but they're giving me advice and asking me to keep in touch. And, right, and you know, like the worst that can happen is they can say no. I'm sorry, I can't help you. Right, you right. know, and they have been able to help. They haven't. It hasn't. No, no, no. But, but, like, I'm just saying that in in, in, in general, it pays yeah. to be bold. Exactly. And I'm not that person. I am not but, that person either. But and, you're doing pretty well. And I don't care anymore. I'm just going to. I'm going to become a person I'm not. I'm going to become a person with an open heart who uh, lives his life boldly instead of being this guy who hides in the corner and is fucking afraid of everything. I'm sick of it. Um. So Kevin Smith. He tweeted out uh, last uh, Friday, I think. Our boss. Our boss. Hey, boss. 
he said, tweeted out, see the flick that nobody saw last weekend. Tusk. At Tusk the movie is still gasping for air at a theater near you. <laughs> Hashtag walrus yes. So after two weekends, uh, Tusk has um, grossed $1.4 million. And surprises me. I thought, I thought there was a... Uh, an audience and a groundswell of interest for seeing what Kevin had to do and, and yeah, and the, for the, horror films and for, the budget um, was three million dollars and it had you know big star Justin Long in it and um and it had pretty good buzz at at yeah. Toronto so somebody posted a Reddit saying um how has the film why has the film failed at the box office can you access this Reddit via Stitcher. <laughs> So Reddit, Reddit. Never mind. It, it'll take a whole episode to explain what Reddit is. But um, so this guy just posted this this innocent thing uh, about you know it's a, it's a fair question. Like he's a really successful uh, director, and why has it you now with a with a pre-established fan base? Yes. So why has it failed? And and but if you've seen it, let us know what you thought of it. And if you haven't seen it, um, tweet in or email us and let us know. Um, why you didn't see it. Um, it it's a, a pretty grisly uh, concept. Yeah, I guess so. And, you know, a podcaster gets kidnapped by a crazy guy. And I think that maybe that's... NFL fans whoa, rejoice. Whoa, whoa. Now you can stream ah, NFL Sunday to uh, sports. No satellite required. Catch- Sorry. Um, <laughs> Good thing that that happened just as the uh, garbage truck pulled out. I know. It's a comedy of errors. Oh, I think I think they're driving the truck into my living room. They're just, just backing it up slowly, slowly, easy, easy. Um, oh boy. So, first of all, there's the marketing of it. It's it's a tough movie to market. Yes, and it doesn't fall into one simple category. Yeah, and it doesn't have. Is it dark? Is it a comedy? Is it a horror? Right, and of course, it's it's a combination Torture of both. Porn. Uh, and. I, like Human Centipede, I don't know how much that movie made, but it's they've compared Tusk with Human Centipede. Uh-huh. But Human Centipede had that like that perverse appeal to it. Like right. appeal is a strong word, but, but there was an obvious lack curiosity. of intelligence. With oh yeah, Human Centipede, where yeah. Tusk seems to be much more of a heady affair. Sure, yeah, maybe a little more challenging, deliberately challenging. Yeah, and you know I. I absolutely intend to see Tusk. I just have been really busy the past couple of weeks. So, um, but it's on my list of movies to see. Mm-hmm. So, and it, it, it bums me out that, Oh, look at Kevin. He, he actually, so this, this guy posted on this, uh, this on Reddit. And then he, uh, people responded with, to him for posting this thing with like death threats, you know, like because they were mad that like he was somehow criticizing Kevin Smith or or reveling no, 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 in the no, failure. No. He was opening up a conversation. He seemed seemed genuinely confused. Yeah, and so or uh, curious. Kevin actually posted on this Reddit, and he um, I, he links to two podcasts where he talks at length about it, and uh, he said, "Oh well, um, he it costs under three million dollars to make." Um, and the the marketing was budget was very low, and um, oh, and it was released on six hundred screens. And so he he Kevin says that six hundred screens is too many. Uh, he says mm. in retrospect, um, 
and he should have done a slower rollout. But uh, as for why Tusk didn't do better, this is what Kevin says. I got my slow rolling low. It's a weird movie, man, with six E's. It was always a midnight. It was always a midnight movie, not a mainstream movie. Um, When A24 said that they wanted to go out on 600 screens, uh, it was a wonderful vote of confidence. Now we know that uh, that confidence was misplaced (laughs) on me and my walrus movie (laughs) in this instance. But he says that it's no by by no means a disaster. So I mean, I, it, the movie's going to make its money. I yeah, think, you know? and we've got a couple listeners. Mark Hollingsworth saw it on opening night, mm-hmm. and uh, Lillian Jane Watson said it was the best 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 birthday present she'd ever gotten. With Judith Light, she cried from laughter through the whole thing. She and Judith Light. Uh, so Kevin concludes. Who's the boss? <laughs> he says, uh, "Don't be afraid to do weird stuff, so long as you do it cheaply and cover everyone's bet." Be bold. Hey. Hey, it's a theme. Be stupid if you have to, so long as you don't hurt anybody. Um, yeah, that's a good story. But, of course, you know... Uh, oh, people have been telling me I'm a failure, that I'm doing it all wrong for 20 years now. Never trust anybody when they tell you um, how your story goes. Is this you, you know reading your story. Kevin Smith, or is this you talking from No, this the heart? is me reading. Yeah, oh. this is me speaking stiffly from the heart. <laughs> You know your story, you write Speaking your own story. Speaking stiffly from the heart, the Marty U story. Uh, having seen Kevin's house, he is no failure. <laughs> <laughs> so, yes. Uh, but it's interesting to, to dissect these things after they happen. And especially you creating a crazy fucked up movie. It's a crazy, it's a crazy fucked up movie. It's a genre bending adventure comedy horror. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, it hasn't been made yet. <laughs> Because uh, it's a hard sell. It's weird. It's a weird movie. Yeah. Um, Makes sense to me, but but uh, it's definitely a weird movie. It's what I want to see. So, Mark, did you like the movie? You saw it on opening night. but um, Yeah, you tease. Yeah. Um, yeah, so I don't know. Uh, do you Have you talked about those, how you would distribute your film? I mean, it, you don't obviously. It's a great it's, question. Um, the my producer could talk more eloquently about it. Our our priority is that we're not seduced by the sexiness of a theatrical run. We're more interested in the investors having a return on investment. So if there is a if there's a VO, VOD um, release uh, scenario that makes more sense financially, we would take that. Um, I right. mean, obviously, the dream would be to hit festivals and get actual distribution, but uh, we're not we're not going to take a, a theatrical release just because it's 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 the sexier choice. We want we want people to make their money back, right? And we're talking about a lot less money. I mean, our shooting budget's two hundred seventy three thousand. Right, it's a lot less than yeah, three yeah. million, and it's hard for those that budget of movie to reach a theater. You know, yes, yes, and and we know that. But it, our our movie is also like it's midnight movie fodder. It's right. It's puppets and stop motion, and it feels like the Goonies, but there's beheadings and swear words. Like it's, it's like it's like the movies we grew up, but with throwing some dick jokes, you right? Know? Um, um, so it's going. It's going to find an audience. It's going to be the Alamo Draft House. Have you seen Meet the Cinefamily. Feebles? Family. Oh yeah. yeah. Oh yeah, we're, we don't. Go, we're not as as blue and dark and grim as that. Ours is ours is uh, a little more sort of traditionally action packed uh, with with a hero and everything um, who goes on a journey. <laughs> but yeah, it's gonna. It, there's an audience for it, but we got to make sure we target it. Alamo Drafthouse is you know has a distribution wing, right? That would be ideal. There are other places like Spectre Vision or A twenty four. 
I don't know A24. Well, I guess there are a bunch of them out there. Uh, Amy Elizabeth said that um, that I, I want to see Tusk, but I can't stomach gore. I want to see it at home where I can appreciate the story but bypass gore. And that's the thing. It's a weird movie. I mean, it, and we know that there are gory bits in it. And mm-hmm. I ha- happen to have grown up with that sort of stuff watching <laughs> in my home. No, um, but just watching that all the time. Um, what uh, What are some of the staples of gore for you? Wizard, Wizard of Gore? Oh, that's a, is that Herschel Gordon-Lewis? John Carpenter's The Thing? Yeah. Well, I mean, no, I would watch all the slasher films. You know, my, my parents took the me Friday to see 13th. Friday the 13th when I was, uh, you know, 11 or something. Wow. Like that. Yeah. 11's a bit young for some of that. Um, no, wait. A lot of bras and yeah. panties in that. Yeah, but and um, Kevin bras Bacon and panties. Um, Kevin Bacon gets it in the neck, doesn't he? Mm-hmm. Yeah. This, but so yeah, my parents took me to Jaws when I was six. So not super gory. Uh, well, but there were limbs in in there, and it was a very scary movie. Very scary, but not super gory. I'm, th- I'm thinking of like John Carpenter's The Thing, where his hands go right through the guy's chest, and yeah. his arms get ripped off, and he's running around with blood spurting out of it, and then his the, the tendons of his neck sprout legs. I mean, that, that's, that's gory as shit. Uh, Mark says that it's not my favorite movie of Kevin's, but it inspired uh, two more and got him funding for Clerks 3, so I'm happy. There you go. Wow, did you see Darren, Darren Hosted's tweet about... The U.S. gross of Human Centipede? Yeah. So it made $181,000 in the domestic box office, but that's not where it made its money. It made its money doing, you know, people watched it at home and, you know, and they watched it streaming on Netflix. And so How I think, do you make money from streaming on Netflix? You, I'm, I'm sure that you get a, a, God damn it. I'm really sorry about the, <laughs> a lot of garbage on the street. A lot. Today. Yeah. It's a, it's a filthy neighborhood I live in, just filled with trash. <laughs> um, but the, uh, it, I, I, I actually don't know for sure, but I imagine it's per Based view. on clicks or something? Yeah, yeah. So I wonder if everybody watched all the time whether Netflix would lose money. Hmm. hmm. Really interesting hmm. to think hmm. about. Um, Is everybody going to go see Ouija October 24th? Isn't it or pronounced, possibly the 23rd? Isn't it pronounced Ouija? No, that's the photographer. Oh, <laughs> and you know that you did you know that that photographer inspired Peter Sellers' performance um, in uh, Doctor Strangelove? Oh, I did not know that his performance of the uh, Ouija Hitler. Is? Ouija was a photographer, I think New York based, but he worked out of L.A. a lot as well. Um, very clever, very fun photographer. Fifties, sixties, yeah. Uh, worked worked. Mostly in black and white. W-E-E-G-E-E, right? I think that's right, yeah. Yeah. There was a huge exhibit, a retrospective of him at MoCA. He he did a couple obscure short films, too, but um, he took a lot of pictures of sort of the scummier side of life. He would take pictures of of bodies in the streets and homeless people and, and ladies of the night and exotic dancers. And he loved to go to major events, and well, this is a classic thing to do now, but he would go to film, like really glamorous film screenings, and instead of shooting the stars, he would shoot all the people who turned out for them. And you'd get these great reactions, like these tear-filled reactions of people just freaking out and right. like, climbing lampposts to get a glimpse of Marilyn Monroe. But he also did a lot of, he did a whole series where he distorted very beautiful, glamorous people's faces, like blew out Lucille Ball's eyeballs and stuff like this. And he experimented a lot with with lenses and distortion um, 
and and perspective tricks and stuff like that. And he has a very very sort of distinct voice. And um, Peter Sellers um, interviewed him. Kubrick and he and Kubrick were still photographers for was it the New York Times, New York Post, Ouija and or and Life Kubrick. Magazine. Yeah, Ouija and Kubrick knew each other, so he hired Ouija. Kubrick hired Ouija as the onset photographer for um, Strange Love, and Peter Sellers interviewed him because he was fascinated with his work. And ended up sort of adopting his very strange accent and voice for the um, the Hitler character. That is that's awesome. Yeah, I don't know if you can find it online, but they had it at the exhibit. They had the interview of Peter Sellers talking to him, and you can just hear Sellers. Just you could tell he's doing research simultaneously on like pronunciation and, and tone. It's it's hysterical. That's what what a weirdo that guy was. But no, I'm talking about the movie Ouija or Ouija about the. Um, about the the board the board game mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, because I'm in it. Uh, have you seen it yet? I have not seen it, but I have heard from the music composer that as of the current cut, at least one of my lines is still in the movie. <laughs> <laughs> at least one Hollywood, and uh, and they play it four times because right. <laughs> uh, there's there is another Ouija movie that's oh I've seen it oh how is it terrible. Yeah. It was one of my favorites growing up. Ooh, Dead Alive. Tyson says his favorite gory movie is Dead Alive. Killing yeah. it. Yeah. I mean, Evil Dead was a big gory film. Saw that. The, yep. the original, uh, the first one in a drive-in theater. And, you know, we just, wow. yeah, it was really fun. We used to take, um, uh, like me and my friend Nick, we hung, we hid in the trunk of um, our parents' station wagon. There, there was like a, a back trunk that we just... Hidden, we would bring uh, beach furniture and just like park out front, and it was really, really fun. Those were the days. Uh, for those of you who don't know, they had these theaters that were outdoors that people could bring their cars into, and then they would have a little squawk box that would tell you that would play the uh, the dialogue really, really shittily. If you want to know what we're talking about, watch Greece. They make out at a drive-in theater in Greece. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. Um, they even have that hot dog ad that's super sexual. The what? Um, when they go to the movies in Greece, they go to the drive-in, and John Travolta wants to make out with Olivia Newton-John real bad. So did we all. And there's an ad. He, he gets rebuffed. Mm-hmm. He gets super sad and, um, and sings a sad song. And behind him on the screen is a commercial. Oh, the dancing hot ad. dog? Yeah. Let's all go to the snack bar. Yeah, it's that whatever. kind of thing on the back. But the hot dog is like doing these flips and jumps into the bun, and it just is super fucking sexual. <laughs> you have a dirty mind. I th- I just think of food when I see that. Uh huh. Um. All right. Well, Logan Jubilee says Ouija looks awful. Thanks, buddy. <laughs> sure appreciate that. More Bill. That's what I think he meant. Oh right, right, right. Uh. <laughs> well, let's see. I'm sorry. I'm just trying to. I'm having some internet issues, as I am want to have. I was told they did 10 days of reshoots. Um, and then you said, oh, I'm available. And they said, right. you know what? No, we're, 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 you covered. we're good. We're good. I actually did all my shooting on the first day, two blocks from here. Oh, yeah? It was an old diner up around the road. And I was the diner. I'm the diner manager in the movie. Oh, really? At yeah. Cindy's? Oh, that's awesome. Mm-hmm. Um, it's actually one block away. Oh, there you go. Yeah. I knew it was close. Uh, but it... Uh, but, go on. I just... I just remembered that I was newly in love at the shoot, and I missed that feeling. Oh, um, God. Sorry, you asked. Uh, don't fucking ask. 
No, I can still react. <laughs> um, uh, the composer said they did about 10 days of reshoots and very much for the better. I guess they, they really liked what they were seeing and thought they could push the film even further. So they brought the, the team back together. Um, uh, and uh, a lot of times reshoots means the thing's in trouble. But I think that in this case, they meant like, eh, we're not too worried about this movie. Oh, hang on. There's a movie here. Let's make it a great one. So who knows? Excellent. Don't go see it, Logan Jubilee. See if I give a fuck. Wow. I'm getting paid either way, dickless. Wow. Hey, easy. Shit on me and my fucking Tuesday morning. You know, early I got up to get here, you fucking asshole. We don't call our listeners assholes. <laughs> apologize. <laughs> apologize right this second I to Logan will Jubilee. Not. Not until he apologizes to me and all of us at Team Ouija. No, I'm kidding. I don't give a shit if, uh, you, if you think it looks good or not. At Cuppy Nerd Cakes, best Please Twitter handle. Please tell me that's a real thing. Best Twitter handle ever. Said, uh, I saw it opening night at uh, Tusk. Acting was fantastic, and the movie was so creepy. Cuppy nerd cakes? Uh, cuppy nerd cakes. Fantastic. I want some cuppy nerd cakes. Absolutely. Um, and you can get some nerdy cupcakes at, um, at 8-Bit Bakery. Is that what it's called? Yeah. 8-Bit? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and then she... Or, or I'm assuming that it's a she. Because it's... But she gives a spoiler about Tusk, so I will not read that part of, of her tweet. <laughs> They're coming back again. They've been by... The, this same garbage truck has been by three times. Yeah, I know. What's, what is it? Garbage, recycling, and... Yeah. What, what's the third one? I guess so. They do them all on the same day? Yeah. Uh, okay, you're, you're totally off your game. I am? Mm-hmm. I thought I'm doing great. It's 9.59, dude. Not according to me. Ladies and gentlemen, it's not yet the top of the hour, and you're listening to the Smod Coast Morning Show on the Smodcast Internet Radio Networks. Well done. Uh, okay, go on. Tell us some, something else interesting happening while I look something up. <laughs> I am playing the bass again, ladies and gentlemen. Um, I was going to promote this at the end of the show, but Marty put me on the spot, and I don't appreciate it because I'm hungry and tired. Uh, but a friend of mine is releasing a comedy album called The Pizzicato Effect. It's a, an edited version of a live show he did in New York that basically tackles life, the universe, and everything while inventing a new peaceful religion for us all to follow called Umphalos. Uh, so it's The Pizzicato Effect. It's happening October 10th, I believe, here in Los Angeles. And there's a house band, and I'll be playing bass in it. Uh the price of admission gets you the album proper. And while Marty looks up whatever he's looking up, I'll look up where the venue is because I don't remember. Oh, my God. This is so terrible. Uh, <laughs> well, you put me on the fucking spot. Well, the, <laughs> you have to be mobile. That's the whole point of good improv, right? All right. We're going to dip into the mail sack. Mail sack, mail sack. It took you that long to find the mail sack? That's what you were looking up? No, I could have just sung that. No, that's not what I think. Uh, oh. yeah, that was great. So great to hear Dan's voice in person. We had a wonderful brunch together. Miss you, Danimal. Thanks for inviting me. I'm kidding. We're not that close. I wouldn't expect to be invited. Although I am surprised that we never socialize outside the show. But, you know, we can discuss that off air. Well, we, we haven't in a while. We, ha- we have. Um, hey, I'm in rehearsals right now for a show that opens on Thursday. I'm sorry I was wrong that uh, hey, it's a short film. Hey, who is film. This? 
and I'm generally up till 2 to 3 a.m. I would is, love is to be there tomorrow, from Emily? but it doesn't seem like the wisest choice. I really miss you all, and I'm looking forward to coming back. I'm going to try for next week. Knock him dead, Emily O'Hara. Oh, not even a listener, but she still sent us a mail. <laughs> miss you too, Emily. Yes. Um, thank you so much. Aaron Fraser writes in, Good morning, Murps. As a listener... Okay. There you go. As a listener, since the Nooner days and an Indiegogo contributor, I thought it, it about I thought it about time that I dropped my first entry into your mail sack. Mail sack. Mail sack. As he's gonna dip his hand in that mail sack. I'm just wondering, did we read this already? I'm so. Yes. <laughs> Sorry. Wow. So all that time you spent looking stuff up. No, I was looking for Emily's email. Um. This one's from Travis Mountain. Last week, you asked about a supermarket. Uh, Travis Mountain related to Lance Mountain? Mm-hmm. Okay. Oh, I saw her this weekend as well. Um, last week, uh, and she said that Steve is coming back. Yeah. Oh, good. And that he misses doing the show. Um, sure he does. Last week, you asked about a supermarket strike protest in the Boston area. I did. Uh, Market Basket is the name of the chain in it case is. you wanted to look for all the details. But the short version, as I understand it... Um, is that the long time and very pop the long time and very popular CEO was ousted by the board of directors? Yes, He's very popular among amongst the employees, and his firing led to uh, a supply line strike. That's exactly right. <laughs> Why didn't you tell us this last week? If you knew I all, I couldn't this? retain it all. I heard it on the air while I was doing something else. What do you want? Eventually, a sale was worked out, and the former CEO has returned. The stores are up and running again, even um, though they're just becoming fully stocked again a few weeks later. Uh, thank you. Travis, that's good to know. So protests do work. Targeted protests. Yes, exactly. Yeah. If you have a goal in mind. Uh, Stephen Owens uh, from Louisville. Stephen Louisville writes in, About 12 years ago, I was a kitchen manager at a restaurant. There was this waiter, Philip, who was gay. Super nice guy, good-looking, friendly, happy-go-lucky, got along with everybody. One night, a, a bunch of waiters went to rock and roll night at a lo- local country bar. A guy noticed Philip's effeminate actions and asked if he was an effing homo. Uh, Philip replied that he was, and the guy smashed a heavy beer mug, glass beer mug, into Philip's face, crushing his orbital socket. Then the guy and his friends commenced to kick the living shit out of um, my unconscious friend. Philip spent 14 weeks in the hospital. He nearly died. Philip incurred more than $300,000 in hospital bills. No charges were ever filed because those guys were never identified. The bar conveniently lost all camera footage. Uh, Philip was once a handsome, fun, easygoing guy. Now he is, physically def- uh, he is a physically deformed introvert who is afraid to go out and lacks confidence to date. It's been a dozen years. I'm 40 and cannot remember a time when I didn't see stories like this, uh, like this in the news. Uh, Philadelphia last week proves this ignorance continues to this day. How about some civil rights marches and community support for this? It's a crying shame that there's um, such pushback against gay rights in 2014. Sorry for the downer. I was just reminded and saddened when I heard this story last week. We did this story last week about the gay bashers who, in Philadelphia who um, were caught on film, and uh, three of them turned themselves in mm-hmm. to the police. Uh, I just I say it every week. I don't know what the fuck everyone is so fucking afraid of i just 
don't get it. I understand redirecting an internal anger at your own powerlessness at someone else. I think it's criminal and cruel, small-minded, immature. Um, but every, all, homophobia, racism, it all stems out of fear. And I just don't understand what everyone's so afraid of. Yeah. It is... Um, it, it's shocking. I'll never get it. And just the... Like also, I mean, this poor guy was just crippled because by violence, and that's the the whole thing about this domestic completely violence thing. redirected his life. Yeah, took took what he could. Same thing that, that that makes me so mad about ISIS and reprogramming. You're taking yeah. a human life and you're changing its directions based on your own agenda, which is selfish and fear based. Yeah, uh, okay. you, okay. there are some really stupid. I, I don't like these sort of prank. Um, YouTube channels where they show, you know, they, they basically create a scene and try to get people's reactions from them. Some of them are clever. I'm not familiar with. Well, I mean, they're, you know, they, it's just like sort of candid camera type of things. Okay. Um, so they, I forget which one, but they did one um, this past week where they showed a couple where, uh, out in public, where the guy is physically violent towards the woman. And everybody jumps in and stops it. Really? That's, that's encouraging. Yeah, it's encouraging. But, I mean, it's pretty obvious. Like, he's, like, throwing her around and yelling at her and threatening to, to hurt her. Then they do the same thing with the same couple, but the woman is beating on the guy. And then in that case, people are, start filming it and laughing at it. And oh, Interesting. Yeah. But, I, you know, I, I don't think that either uh, counts... Uh, either situation is, is a healthy way to have a... Um, a dialogue or a relationship, but you know, it's, it, it's a bad thing, but there is something about strength, a greater strength, you know, cause the, the guy is physically He's capable, capable of defending himself. Yeah. And he chooses not to, whereas a woman, or, or in this case, the, the physicality was such that she would have been, you know, I could see him taking her down right. and that's the, that sort of having strength over another person, having, uh, and, and then using that to bully them and to to scare them, to terrorize them, to beat them, to kill them is mm-hmm. is that it, it's infuriating, you know, and yeah. it's, it's just counter to to what we should be as human beings. But um, well, Steve, thank you for sending that in. It, it is a downer, but it it is a reminder that this stuff keeps on going on, and I think that um, you know there there was a a hospital fund that was set up for the two men who were beaten and people donated uh, thousands of, of dollars. So that's a very good thing. Yeah. There's, there's, I mean, there's always the counter. There's always the counter, but it's a shattered life is a shattered life. And, yeah. And, and you know, you want to say something like, well, the people who did it, they're, they're condemned to live hollow lives as assholes. But if they were self-reflective, sure. Yeah. But since most people are capable of such, outward cruelty aren't self-reflexive when are they truly punished i mean that's when yeah that's when you hope there's a that we're all wrong and there's a god in heaven <laughs> um and they don't get to go actually i i did not read this email from aaron uh fraser on on air i did read it earlier but i didn't read it on air so i let me get back to it and i apologize get it together, i know i'm so out of sorts today it's just a lot of shit going on 
he says, uh, as a child, I would go through my dad's records and uh, latched on to, to the rock stuff, Sabbath, Deep Purple, etc. Ooh, I like your dad. As a teenager, I was into most metal and hard rock, Metallica, Anthrax, GNR, and tended to be pretty sniffy about most other music. I started playing drums in my late 20s after encouragement from uh, a best friend who was playing guitar in bands and writing songs. And while I still enjoyed um, listening to heavy rock music, Tool, Caius, uh, and Queens of the Stone Age. Caius. Caius, whatever. Um, being amongst my favorites, I have found that my tastes have shifted significantly while playing with other musicians and listening to a lot of music that I would uh, have turned my nose up at. It's better uh, not be about 20s. you two or Morrissey. No, no, especially some Americana alt country, which has been in hard rotation on my iPod in the last year or so. Um, through uh, getting into Band of Horses, My Morning Jacket, Drive By Truckers, I discovered the likes of Jason Isbell, uh, Amanda Shires, and The Civil Wars, and uh, was back into my dad's records for the band and J.J. Kale. God, I love uh, So anyway, I, was wonder- I wondered if there is any music uh, or art in general that you guys are into now that your younger self uh, would have raised eyebrows at. P.S. If you haven't heard it, I would highly recommend Jason Isbell's album, uh, Southeastern, especially to Bill. It is truly amongst uh, my favorite ever albums. And he says, uh, P.P.S. As I enjoy uh, hearing other listeners' music on the pod, I'll include a track of my band, The Red Suns. It's a rough demo. I'd be interested in any feedback. Um, so, thoughts? Art that I'm into now that my younger self... Well, there's a lot of reverse. There's a lot of stuff I was into when I was younger that I wouldn't listen to now. But, um... Uh, art that I am into now. I'm sorry to put you on the spot like that. You know, you might want to look something up online or think about no, it no, for that's an right. hour or so. It, my my um, thought process, even in silence, is entertaining enough. Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. You have, <laughs> that's why people listen to the podcast, for your silence. <laughs> You're here to hear for his people. Right. It's the, it's the notes I don't play. Uh-huh. Well, uh, we'll listen to his... His band, The Red Suns. Uh, this is it. I've been listening to a fair amount of classical. Oh, I music. guess we won't listen to it. Do you want me to answer the fucking question? Or not? I wanted to give you time to think. Well, you didn't. <laughs> no, I was giving it uh, by playing. I was just. I've been listening to a lot of oh classical God, music. Such a pain um, in the ass. I have embraced um, early rock steady reggae, and reggae is something that I never liked. Oh, okay. Never mind. My thoughts are not important. Yeah, I was queuing it up. Go on. Um. There's stuff that I feel like I would like or could like if I gave it a chance. And I, and I haven't just because the things that I, I, I love now, the early country, the early punk, the early rockabilly and rock and roll, rock and roll that's so fast, immediate, accessible, hard on its sleeve, um, is just what I need to hear. Um, and some of the headier stuff like churches and sleigh bells and stuff that's more modern and, and, and more risk taking. I'm sure I would have room for it in my life. I just, I want to hear what I want to hear, you know? And I, I embraced Rocksteady when I got hurt because I liked, even if it's, it, it, I just love its positivity, that Irie thing. The, 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 there's a wonderfully upbeat song. Uh, I think it's Desmond Decker. It's the first time in a long time I feel miserable all day long. And it's like he's singing about being miserable and it sounds great. And it's like, oh, it's okay to be miserable, almost, you know? Uh, and that's what I need to hear. So I, I'm locking a lot more into what I need to hear. I, I need to hear classical music because it's so ordered and my life is so chaotic that I find great peace 
and listening to to classical music, particularly when I'm driving. Um, Desmond Decker's awesome. Oh God, I love him so much. The Diamonds or uh, the Aces. I'm sorry. Um, uh, yeah, that's some great stuff. Uh, you know, I I've always been somewhat omnivorous in in the stuff that like I I always say that I don't. I have really bad taste in it because I just will listen to anything. I right. listen to country, classical, alt country, uh, punk rock, heavy metal, but it just has to be good. That's all that matters. I get completely obsessed with Radiohead's cover of New Order's Ceremony because we performed it. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, those are two bands that have never been on my radar. Yeah, it's a great song. At all. And even when I first heard it, I just thought, well... Um, I'll play along because I like these guys and it's a fun party. And the more I heard it, the 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 deeper I got into it. And that's something that my younger self was better at. Is Open some of my favorite this. albums when I was younger, I didn't get when I first heard them. I had to hear them a lot. Right. And now, like stuff like the Rocksteady, the all the stuff I was just talking about, it's so immediate. It's yeah. so immediate that I don't yeah. need to. I don't need to peel through layers. And there's so much stuff out it. there that like I'm. I'm loath to give things a second listen to like yes, that, exactly. that, that band alt J, which is, you know, has a weird following. I was just listened to it once. I'm like, meh, you know, yeah. good, good for everybody. else. If my musician friends were into an album, I would keep listening to it until I heard what they heard. And now if I listen to something and it doesn't, it doesn't get me. It's over. All right. This is Aaron uh, from Southampton's band. Um, Kill, or I'm sorry. Uh, the red suns. The song is called kill to survive. Rough demo. He's playing drums on this. Ah. Um, I like really it. well produced for a rough demo. Yeah, yeah, and I like I like that distorted vocal. Yeah, it's, I love the guitar sound. It's really crunchy and thick. And I I just I like you know hard rocking, yeah, garagey sort of music. That's just my thing. Yeah, I like I like I like the masculinity of it, the aggressiveness without it being. Um, uh, you know, um, stylized. Well, no, it's stylized, but the masculinity without it being um, humorized, I guess. Okay. Like, yeah. what's the, um, what's the, touching me, touching you, that crazy, like, <laughs> I don't know what that, that band that was, it was like bringing um, 70s British metal oh, back. Oh, yeah, you yeah, know yeah. yeah. Um, um, yes. Uh, I don't know who the fuck they are. Everybody, everybody but us knows who we're talking about. <laughs> Um, that was that was hyper masculine, but it was hyper. It wasn't just masculine. Yeah. Um, Jesus, now that's going to kill me. Well, Darren will let us know. Uh, yeah, Robert, come on, Darren. Where the fuck are you? Well, thank you for sending that. That was awesome. Uh, keep it coming. Yeah, well done. Keep going. Very cool stuff. And, oh. and stick with those guitar sounds. Those are those are visceral, incendiary. Oh, to quote almost famous. Oh, put that on your album cover. Uh, Robert Johnson says, uh, my first concert... Robert right Johnson now- says, I created the blues. I've been uh, dead for over 100 <laughs> right. years. Uh, but put that in the mail sack for me. Uh, he says, my first 
concert technically was Charlie Daniels when I was four to five, but the Ooh. first concert I went Chicken and the Bird Minko. by my own choice was Real Big Fish and MXPX right after I graduated high school. I know it's not a question, just slip this into the mail statements. Mail statements? Mail statements. Well, we here wishes our command. There we go. Uh, Vincent writes in from Hong Kong. Writes in from Hong Kong. Uh, hello, gang. Not sure if you know, but major shit has gone down in Hong Kong over the weekend. A student protest sit in teaching since last week for well, university suffrage, universal suffrage in Hong Kong. Um, who can't vote? Took a turn to the worst on Sunday with a police in riot gear using pepper spray and mace and batons uh, at the crowd who were unarmed. Most folks only had umbrellas to shield uh, against the sunlight during the day. After the pepper spray, uh, Police fired tear gas canisters into the crowd with the medic tent um, taking a major hit, uh, injured both medics and protesters who were just sprayed. These are just the tip of an iceberg that was uh, the brutalities perpetrated by the police two days ago. Two questions. It's called the darkness, first of all. Oh, thank you, Logan Jubilee. I just looked up, but you you got this. Um, Thank you. Who can't vote in Hong Kong? Um, Everybody. Uh, well, it was a bad day for Hong Kong, but we are hopeful that it will bring a change for the better. I knew that Tuesday's morning uh, nights, um, I guess because he listens at night, mm-hmm. are uh, a kind-hearted bunch. So please spare a thought for the kind folks um, in Hong Kong. And please tweet and share whatever news about this umbrella revolution that is going on right now. The crowd is still growing strong, and I'm heading out to su- show support for my uh, lovely Hong Kongese and my home. So I won't be able to catch the show live have a good one stay well vincent well stay safe vincent yeah that was my first thought of uh, i mean it a lot of the, the photos have been um really uh promising you know like peaceful gathering of tens of thousands of people out in the streets of hong kong but then you get the videos of just horrible police brutality and it it's uh maddening um this is a story I have to admit has not been on my radar at all. In fact, I have to admit in general that I'm finding NPR so twee and annoying that um, I'm well, they're, they're less, increasingly less familiar with with uh, current events. But uh, yeah, well, I, I don't know the story. I don't know the the voting issues or anything. Yeah, they they are voting. I mean, they're fighting for voting rights, um, and it's um, and there's some. I'm sorry, I'm looking this up as we're going, but. Um, and they also they have a, they're using Occupy techniques, you know, from the Occupy Wall Street thing. But they also have a very specific goal. They want the the. They've been listening to the show. Uh, yes, the, exactly. You're welcome. Um, <laughs> and they've been the umbrella has been a symbol for the the movement. Um, and they they're it's a pro democracy movement. And one of the things that they want is the the. City's leader. Uh, they want the right to ch- pick the city's leader, the the chief executive, who uh, was assigned to them by uh, the PRC. Uh, Got it. And so they want. That's what they're demonstrating against. They want the, the voice. The, yes. So they want him out, and they want elections so that they can pick the, who runs where they live. And that's fair. That's that's called democracy. So uh, a little uppity there, Hong Kong. <laughs> How dare you? No. Well. Yes, so everybody look it up. Um, stay stay send, safe. Stay That's safe, great. Vincent. And uh, yeah, let it keep us informed as to what's going on, and we will also follow on the news. Um, fight the good fight. Yep. Um, nonviolently. 
None of my own. All right. Um, Wear goggles. Yeah. No, it, it's crazy. Just the way, like there was a guy. Plus, who just, then you'll look like you're in Devo. Um, there was a guy who covered himself in saran wrap to, you know, I, I think that's probably one of the techniques. I mean, it's very hard to, to, to protect yourself from that stuff. Yeah. Uh, Garrett Kearns writes in, or I should say Garrett. Um, hey, guys, uh, since uh, the beginning of the new semester, me and my friends have been writing new songs. We decided to slap a dumb name on the thing and call it a band. Oh, come on. Uh-oh. Embrace it. Embrace it. Uh-oh. It's a uh, slippery slope, my friend. Yep. Um, and they are called No Sight Sound. And, all right, slow. This computer sucks. Um, I like that we're, we've become like underground music DJs. Yes. Oh. By we, I mean you, because I just sit here and make fun of whatever you do. Uh, so their band is actually called The Sightless. Aha. And, you know, because Garrett is, is blind. I didn't know that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. He's mentioned that before. Uh, and this song is called Devil's Tree. Well, I, I like that you getting a band together. It's got to be fun to do that. Oh, and hell yeah. Just to have that collaborative environment. It's fun. My niece is 13, and she's in her first band, and they like practice Ooh, for hours wow. at a time, and they have like seven songs, and it's just she's just having the best time. Is she single? God, this is my niece. All right, this is... Somebody somewhere will love me. Mark my words. Ooh, nice. Where's the rest of the band? This is a this is suspiciously singer songwriterish. Yeah, come on, Garrett. You promised us a band. Where's the drums? Where's the bass? When's this shit gonna kick in? Bill wants his bass. I want some low end. Yes. <laughs> Joseph Douglas Watson is uh, just tweeted in about the darkness. Um, and is now following us. First time tweeter. Hey, hey. welcome to the team. Sucker. I'm going to fast forward to, to see if the band kicks in. See if the band. I love about Garrett's singing is that he just is a very impassioned singer. And you hear it in his guitar playing, you hear it in his vocals. I really like that. Yeah. There is great power in meaning what you sing. But turn up the drums. <laughs> Garrett, keep We love it when you send us your songs. So keep them, keep them coming. And good luck with the band. Yeah. I see. It's two guitars. Book a gig. Book yeah. a gig. Then you... Then then there's no turning back. Because <laughs> your reputation's on Welcome the line. Welcome to the beginning of the end of your life. Uh, Amy Dye writes in, Hey guys, I love the podcast. This is my first time emailing. podcast. The podcast. That's our, that's our Easter episode. The podcast. It's a um, This is my first time emailing. So here are my stats. Live in upstate New York and listen to the pod on my commute. I'm a Medicaid service coordinator, which is basically a social worker for people with disabilities. 
Uh, last week, Bill and Marty discussed Neutral Milk Hotel. I saw them for the first time a month ago. I hadn't really heard them before and went because my sister recommended them. It was her third time seeing them. I agree with Marty on, uh, on this. It was a great show, even, though, um, even for not knowing the artist slash music. I also see what Bill was saying about the audience praising them and his voice. Uh, Airplane Over the Sea is uh, added to one of my favorites. Um, I did, had, I, did I tell the story about them calling my friend, uh, my friend's friend and singing to them over the phone? No. Tell, oh, um, this is before I saw the show. Uh, a childhood friend's close college friend is married, has two kids. The husband has been um, diagnosed with terminal cancer, something like 15 tumors in his brain. They're in it, all, every vertebrae of his spine, his shoulder, it's, it's uh it's it's very sad um two young kids and they're huge music fans and they were going to see the show uh-huh. and he was just not well enough so they had tickets and they couldn't go um and so the word just went out uh is it's, is there anyone who can do anything basically uh i got in touch with the guys in okay go they got in touch with the guys in Nutrimilk hotel and they ended up calling from the road Checking in on them, singing them a couple songs. Oh, that's amazing! Um, yeah, really, just uh, uh, I know I, I knocked the whole culture of Neutral Milk Hotel last week, but I, I'm surprised I didn't tell that story because that it really a, does. It, I'm really impressed by that, and obviously well, grateful for it, even though it was someone I don't know well. But just right. so grateful that they would, and, so they would take a solicitation like that and run with it, and and just give back to that extent. And kudos to you for making the effort. Well, of course. Well, I mean, but it's, you know, you, you used your resources very yeah. well. I mean, that's amazing that they, they got in touch. I mean, yeah. And it's, and I didn't realize, but obviously... Because all bands hang out at the same bar. Right. They all <laughs> you know, know each other. Yeah. There's a headquarters. It's kind of like a legion of doom. Yeah. Um, you guys... Back you, in the Hall there. of Justice. Yeah. Uh, if I could remember any of the names of the bands we just listened to, I would tell them that they were going to be there, but I can't remember their names. Oh, the Sightless will be there soon. Um I he had, I didn't realize this, but he has a reputation for being very uh, introverted, introverted, yeah. and, and so it was even that much more yeah. impressive that that, that uh, he Jeff would Mangum. reach out to that yeah. to that extent. Oh, that's so, great! So kudos yeah. to them. Um, but Amy does have a question. Ooh. Uh, yeah, for Bill, who says Uh-oh. he doesn't like shows with characters that he can't connect with. Breaking Bad, Seinfeld. I was wondering if you like It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia. Nope. It seems to have the same setup as Seinfeld. Bunch of selfish people. I still find it hilarious. Thanks, guys, girls. I'm reading for you and all your love, lives, and careers. Thank, Thank you, you, Amy. Thank That's you. A, that means a lot. It's a wonderful thing to hear. I I gave I, I watched the first few episodes, whatever, a decade ago when it came out, and it was definitely a model for a lot of comedians and a lot of people making their own shows because they shot their own pilot and that's how they got picked up they were a bunch of no names and now they're all stars so it was it was very much something we all had our eyes on i did not respond to those first few episodes um everybody had such a selfish agenda and i'm just so i'm just so sick of it but i know the show must have evolved over the years i don't know if it did but (laughs) uh i mean they did some crazy things i think in the in certain seasons um but yeah, I just don't. I think it. I get that humor, and it's funny. It just gets tiresome after a while. And yeah. uh, I watched the first couple seasons. And, there needs to be. Know, I need something more. I need, I need heart, something. A little bigger. heart. Yeah. Yeah. Especially now, and this sounds so corny, but especially now, oh, like you need I just, like I need some sort of string music to play when you do uh, this. The, the Hulk. Yeah. Walk away music. Yeah. Um, 
I don't know. It's just, it was like what I said about music. There are things I just need to hear. I need to see them. I need, I need heroes. I need, I need justice to prevail. Um, by the way, Joseph uh, Douglas Watson said he saw that Tusk on opening night, it was an enjoyable cinematic experience that had a good balance of humor and horror. All right, good. Can I take a quick break from the mail sack? Yeah. To um, help out fellow Merp, James Franco Jr.? Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, DJ Mas- at DJ Masters Twitter handle. He is updating and upgrading the brakes on Indiegogo. Uh, we've we've tweeted and retweeted it, but look it up. Um, it's it's the brakes on Indiegogo. Uh, he's just a hell of a guy, a hell of a performer. Really knows his stuff. Is missed every every show. Every time deeply. I go for a sound cue. Um and and I want I can't wait to hear what he's got coming with the breaks. Yeah. The, guy, the guy's got a hell of a mind for for broadcasting, for music and I can't wait to hear what he's coming up with next. So do um yeah, check our Tumblr page, check the Twitter stream or do a search for um uh, the breaks uh Indiegogo and you'll go there. It's he's not asking for a lot of money. He just needs uh to get some new computers going. And I have pledged my money, so um, I need to do that. And yeah, you should yeah. as well. Uh, yeah, I'm actually going to put a calendar alert. Sorry, so I'm going to tune out for a second. Well, you have a computer right in front of you. Uh, just, just go up and sign up. Um, Lillian writes in, faithful listener. Good morning. I'm not sure I'll be morning. listening live this week, but I think you are. Good morning. Good morning. No, just do what you're doing while I read this. Just, just go. Focus. Focus. I hope Emily's auditions are going well and that she comes back soon. Nerd voice or no, she's always a delight. Stephen left Marty all alone on the podcast to unlock the front door for his girlfriend when she forgot her keys and then he never came back. Yes, that's true. Um, Just like Dad. Come back, Dad. I got your cigarettes right here. Um, No, uh, he didn't... What about you, Dad? Breakfast Club. Uh, he's been gone for over a month. Poof. I know he's working, but the idea of him leaving to unlock a door and never coming back has been knocking on my noggin for weeks. Sounds like a Kevin Smith film in the making. Knocking yes. on my noggin. And now that the question. Sounds like an old timey uh, revival band. Bill. Uh oh. Have you figured out the name for your cupcake? No. Okay. And Sorry. It's now in Amy Elizabeth's hands, anyhow. So. Okay. Good. Because you had to come up with a flavor, and I think you get you did come up with that flavor. I think you. You know, I got the fever for the flavor. And Giselle, how did your shows go this past weekend? I saw Giselle last night, and she said that they went well. Was good. Yours was good. Yeah. No, she said uh, that that particular show, uh, the Malibu one. She said that. I saw the Pixies on Sunday. Ah, with Gogo Bordello and yeah. somebody else people like that I don't understand. Uh, Cat Power. Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I, yeah. I just Cat Power. I just I would have only watched her just to see her meltdown uh, because she's famous for that. But I, 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 from what I hear, she did not. Oh, you, did, you missed. You missed. Uh, no, I was in the. I was picnicking. Oh, did you see Gogo Bordello at least? I saw some of them. They're supposed to be a lot of fun. Yeah, I just don't like that music. It's the gypsy stuff. Yeah. Gypsy rock. It's sort of like punk klezmer music kind right. of thing. Just not my thing. How um, were the How were the Pixies songs? They were good. Kim Deal. Uh, uh, the The new bass player. She's awesome. She sings really well. She, but it's weird because she sings. I mean, they called me. It's just I got a lot of projects going on right now. Well, she s- sings to sound like Kim Deal, or 
Uh, so it's weird, like, because I'm sure when she sings in her other projects, she has her own voice, but right. it's weird just like, oh, it's, she's trying to sound like Kim Deal. So, uh, but it was really fun. And uh, Dave Lovering was just like, he he's the only one who spoke to the audience, the drummer. And mm-hmm. it's just really funny. It's yours. Yeah. And so it was fun to hear him just like, we he should was have him on the podcast. Clearly having a great time. And he's moving. So, oh, yeah. to Cleveland? Uh, no. But I, what is the exact address he's moving to? <laughs> I, some place in Los Olivos. Oh, it's gorgeous up there. Uh, yeah. Fine yeah. Country. So I'm going to uh, spend New Year's there. Ah, so, good for you. Yeah. Um, I don't have any New Year's plans. Well, you should come. P.S. You're doing a great job manning the boards, boarding, boarding no, and boring no man. Oh, nice turn of phrase. That's a good one, Lillian. Um, don't listen to the naysayers. Cough, cough, Bill. When they try to shame you. It's just naysayer. That's all. I'm just trying to fill dead air. Oh, my God. Wait, you're the one who who was bragging about the silence that you contribute to the show. I know. I don't have to be consistent. (laughs) You never are. Except you're consistently here. Um, Thank you. That's not even true, but thank you. Well, pretty consistently. Um, But now the Cleveland question comes next. But but anyhow, Lillian, thank you for that fine, fine... um, Email. We love having your contributions uh, to the Twitter stream as well. Jared writes in. Morning, oh, Murps. Where was the Cleveland question? Morning, Murps. Question to Bill. Oh, I see. I thought this was part of the other. No, I actually pre-read some emails. That's amazing. Mm-hmm. Does the Drew Carey show give an accurate representation on what life in Cleveland is like? That is all for today. Well, let's let's look at this. For it a does. It does. We are constantly to, dancing down the center of mm-hmm. the streets, and everybody has an outdoor pool table. Yep. Mm-hmm. And uh, every all the women wear their crazy makeup, right? Right. Mm-hmm. Um, I will say this: he did for the set of the bar that they always hang out in. He basically did a brick for brick recreation of his favorite local bar on the west side and that's impressive and he also did make a point of shooting in cleveland as often as possible especially when there was something new opening up like when the new brown stadium opened he brought money to them by shooting there when they're you know the rock and roll hall of fame he brought money to them by shooting there and working with local crews he is a mensch he's a yes He's just a good. Or, I mean, I don't know. He might be a dick, but he, uh, his persona oh, knows, is is really great. He, he does PSAs for the Cleveland Public Library. Yeah, I mean, he's he, he shows up. Yeah, he and cares. Uh, and he was very funny on At Midnight. I don't know if you saw that. I didn't. Um, but he was he was great, and um, I think he also did Wait Wait Don't Tell Me. Like just like huh. he's really lo- loves comedy, loves entertaining, and he yeah, has and a great you job. Know, he, he loved um, he loved the Full Monty, so he brought the cast over to the states to be on his show. That's he loved, really cool. He loves rock and roll, so he brought Joe Walsh into the mix. On okay, the I'm show, a little you know, on that. You know? I love Joe Walsh, <laughs> um, but he even did a he did a his series when they were um, one episode. I remember seeing. I didn't watch the show a lot, but there was there were auditioning guitarists. It was just a gag, like a running gag of really famous guitarists. Showing up and playing. And he had Michael Stanley, who was a Cleveland musician who never really broke that big outside of the region. But at the time, in the 70s, like he had, had the largest attendance in Cleveland Coliseum or something like that. Like He was a big thing, but he wasn't necessarily a national thing. But he brought him on the show. That's really cool. You know, he did, and and you know he he loves improv, so he revived it with Whose Line Is It Anyway and bringing right. all these improv actors to the fore and doing live shows. But so we can blame him for Wayne Brady, though? Yes. All right. That's one strike against you, Drew Carey. However, 
I will give you a long fly ball on the left field because my first second job out here, my first long-term job out here was uh, as a production assistant on the Wayne Brady show. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that got me started in the industry and it, it allowed me to stay here. Mm-hmm. So thank yeah. you, Drew, indirectly. <laughs> very, very indirectly. No, I think, I think he would be grateful for your gratefulness. Good morning, Mopes. Last week, Marty rep- uh, mentioned the fall in young adults getting driver's licenses since 1983. This is from Darren, and I'm, there's a terrible reading. And I'm it's not okay. Gonna, no, it's right. I knew it was Darren right away. And cited the rise of technology as a cause. Busted. This may be a case of mistaking correlation for causation. Of course it is. Yeah. Uh, because, <laughs> be- well, duh. Yeah. That's, uh, the, uh, that's the alternative title to our show. Yeah. In the last uh, 30 years, there's the been Smart a... Smart Morning Show, mistaking correlation for causation since... The nooner days. In the last 30 years, there's been a market growth in suburbia, making it less necessary for teens and young adults to need driver's license to see friends. I would actually say that's exactly the need for driver's license. Get the fuck out of suburbia. No, no, because if you live in suburbia, it, it's like in, if you're in an urban area, you're in walking distance. It's self-contained. Yeah, yeah. Suburbia. I use my car half as much as I used to because I live downtown. Right. Right. So, like, I grew up in suburbia, and I couldn't see my friends unless I had a car. You know, I, I didn't have a car, but I, unless I had a driver's license. I would right. buy, but if it's, a particularly, if it's a particularly centralized suburb with, with anything in walking distance, a movie theater, a, a 7-Eleven, a, right. a gas and sip where you can hang out, but talking about girls with no girls anywhere by choice. The growth in suburbia is what sort of help the auto industry you know explode because mm-hmm. you don't have a need for cars in a place like New York or or some you know any other urban area uh, the price of petrol and he puts in parentheses gas gasoline that was a top secret reference anybody uh, anybody gasoline uh, nope guys you got to watch top secret go turn off the podcast <laughs> Go watch Top Secret, and then we can talk. And we'll we'll be going. We'll still be going. Just talking about nonsense. Mistaken causation for creation. What was it? Correlation. Right. Causality. Mistake. The price of petrol has also risen sharply, and the cohort born in the early 80s, 90s uh, are the most environmentally aware. (laughs) I guarantee that Gen Y isn't out there playing, I would drive and come see you to have sex, but... Um, no, it's just going to create some, some, you know, it's going to increase my carbon carbon footprint. Um, they may choose other transport over cars and the cost of insurance for 16 to 30 year year olds is extortionally high. I have no problem increasing my carbon footprint for sex. Is extortionately a word? Sure. Let's say it is. Exorbitantly? Um. Absorbitantly. No, but I know what he means. Extortionately, because it sounds like, you know, the insurance company. It's extortiating. Uh, lastly, this group is also poorly paid and have large student loan debt. Uh, owning and running a car is expensive. While I have no doubt technology plays a part, I think there are a number of other factors that have driven down car ownership in the, for the millennials. Regards, Darren. P.S. Good to be listening live again. Well, I didn't say that they were... Uh, my point wasn't about car ownership. It was about driver's licenses. So that's... Aha! So suck it, Darren! Fuck you, England! Uh, <laughs> Go back to Wolf Amsterdam. <laughs> I'm a douche. Um, um, Joseph Douglas Watson has been um, tweeting, sharing, yeah, tweeting and sharing some uh, 
some personal stories based on, on the homophobia issues we were talking about earlier. Um, he, he says, as a gay man, I fear every day being threatened, hurt, or worse, living on the north side in Chicago. Wait, no, I didn't read that right. Yeah, he's not living on the south side of Chicago. He's living on the north side of Chicago, which is, is a safer place. So right. he says, I feel fair, fairly safe, though. Um, I've, uh, and he, he first came out, his mom was afraid for his safety. Uh, having grown up in the 70s and seen a lot of, a lot of queer people hurt. Yeah. And uh, he also doesn't have a driver's license. Or ha- has no need for a driver's license. Ah, he's got, he's got all our topics covered. Oh, yeah. And he can you vote? Can on... you vote in Hong Kong? Uh, yes, yes, because he's a white male. Got it. We uh, win again. <laughs> Damn it. Uh, thank you for that. That's great to know. And uh, he has no intention of getting his license. Um, thank you for, for tweeting in. It's great to hear from a new voice. And also, we don't have a ton of gay listeners, despite Dan being super gay. Uh, Dan, for those of you who don't know, he's the founder of this podcast, disputed, no, no. the disputed founder of this podcast, um, and he uh, is working right now in Vancouver. He'll be back in January, and uh, we'll hopefully be back uh, on the air. And then Noah is listening for the first time live, and he says, uh, or in a long time, he said, uh, glad to hear Bill sounding quite pleasant Oh, it is good to hear you sounding quite pleasant. I'm making a lot of changes, friends. Yeah. Um, yeah. What else? What other changes? Uh, I'm, I'm reading some, you know, self-helpy new agey shit, trying to get a little centered, trying to not be so reactive, trying to, um, let go of a lot of things, but also staying focused and being in control a little bit. Uh, trying to any books that have, have work been, on my confidence. Any books that have uh, stood out? I was just given the the four somethings promises, maybe. Okay, four seasons, the four somethings. Uh, I haven't read that yet, but uh, I hear wonderful things. Um, I am taking a yoga class, and the teacher is basing the spine of her instruction on her inspiration of the artist's way, which I've not read, but I've heard wonderful things about. Mm-hmm. The one I'm reading now that I quite enjoy is The Untethered Soul, um, which basically just reminds you that your inner voice is a psycho, and you can sit next to that psycho and go, wow, you're a psycho, but mm-hmm. I am the one who's in control. <laughs> um, uh, that's an oversimplification, but it's along yeah. those lines. Um, uh, and I, I frequently reread, uh, I believe it's Sylvia Borstein's It's Easier Than You Think, A Buddhist Guide to Happiness or something like that. Mm-hmm. All right. And you know what else I've done? And this is this is something I wouldn't normally share. And I don't know why I'm about to, and it's not going to be interesting. But um, You masturbate regularly. We know. <laughs> we know. Uh, I drink a lot of pink ascots. I um, recently been, felt very alone and thought, like, wow, this is a time when you know, spirituality would be really helpful. Uh, and I don't feel it. I haven't latched down, latched on to anything there. Nothing's really spoken to me of the stuff that's out there. I think we've talked about this before. Um, and I met someone for lunch, a fantastic, um, actor, uh, a friend of mine who talked about, um, the natural world being in nature as being his, his version of spirituality. And even though I live in a city, I try to remember that, and when I feel lonely or feel scared or feel overwhelmed, I try to just look at a tree, the sky, go to the beach, and literally say out loud, Hey, God, 
and it is not it's not a right? Judeo-Christian god. It's, it, it's no structure to it. Yeah, it's not a, a a dude in a beard. It's not a black woman to the world. You're <laughs> you know? speaking to the universe. Yeah, exactly. I use the word god because it helps me to personify something right. to feel a presence. But uh, and that, that's new. That's brand spanking new. So we have no need for this anymore. Bill's rant. Bill's rant. Um, if I'm not mistaken, Bill's rant. I did tell a loyal listener to go fuck himself. Oh, that was a little rantish. Yeah. So, but don't worry. All right. I'm still me. (laughs) Yeah. Let's not. Let's not get crazy. Trying to address the fact that I'm. Uh, angry. There's still rage. Person. We yeah, just channeled it in a different way. I'm not and, a different person. Yeah. And um, well, Philadelphia is. They had a. You know, that's where they, they, this hate crime that gay bashing was uh, a couple weeks ago, September 11th, I think it was. Um, they had a, a a rally over the weekend, I think, um, in Love Park to uh, to change the hate crimes laws. Hmm. Um. See, so they listened to the show and they targeted their demonstration. Yes, so that's that's good. Um, I, that 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 was just an amazing story to me. But um, okay, so I'm going to start wrapping things up a little early. Ooh, do you have an audition? No, I just got shit to do. What are you going to do? It's just I have to take a shit. <laughs> I <laughs> literally have shit I, yes. to do. Did I not explain myself? <laughs> Listen, God, this is the problem, Bill. I just spit all over you. Sorry about that. Right. Um, I deserved it. Do you? So when do you hear about? Was that callback for a commercial or for? Uh, uh, it was for a commercial. Oh, um, usually you hear the next day. So I was kind of hoping for a phone call during the podcast, but that's okay. I did my job. There's still good, still the day to go. Still a day to go. Um, I had four auditions yesterday. Actually, I haven't had an audition in three weeks. and a callback. It was uh, it was good. I was supposed to go canyoneering because I want to feel like a man again. Um, but I'll take four auditions. Absolutely. Uh, where were you going to go canyoneering? Presumably in a canyon of some description. <laughs> uh, I think it was a friend of mine was was uh, organizing. I think it was Upland. Uh-huh. So for those of you who don't know who know what canyoneering is, I it, don't know what canyoneering is. It's basically is. you're going, you're rappelling down into like wet spots. Like that sounds gross, but um, but like you know, it's like rappelling down waterfalls and stuff like that. But it sounds super yeah, fun. I really wanted to do it. Well, and I, I booked out with my agents and everything, and then and they're like within two hours. It was like we have this, we have this, we have this. There's a call. I was like, Jesus, guys, it was it was late on Friday, and I had nothing going on, and all of a sudden I had four, three auditions and a callback on Monday, and I had to cancel the canyoneering. Uh, well, that's good. I did have a theatrical last week. Uh, Ooh, I haven't had one of those in three months, and it's just terrible when you do it when you leave just knowing that you did a terrible job. Ah. And it's just the worst feeling. Do you know why you did a terrible job? Is there something to learn from it? Uh, sure. Just be better prepared. Just right. Be, be better. That's usually the big one. Well, it's also like when you, uh, yeah, yeah. And I just made a bad character choice and was not flexible about it. You know. Ah. So right. right. Yeah. Um. So that's a sort of shame that I'm feeling now. <laughs> I just I feel like you know, it's just the worst. But um. Anyhow, hopefully something. New will come down the pike, and um, yeah, anything to to promote for this week, Bill? Uh, prepping for next weekend's comedy show. 
What's next weekend? I was talking about it earlier, the Pizzicato Effect, live CD release. Uh, I'll have more details uh, next Tuesday. Okay. um, When it's actually relevant. Good. Um, Going to see a documentary on Arhuli Records tomorrow night. I'm excited about that. Very good. I found a new place that supposedly has good dancing, so... I will be going dancing solo. Going, going dancing solo again. We're back. You're Gen Xing it. We're back, ladies and gentlemen. Yeah. Everything old is new again. Uh, did you listen to the Generation X version of that song, Dancing with Myself? No. Uh, no. Well, I like Generation X. Yeah. But I, I didn't. I didn't know they had a. Um, well, I mean, it's still Billy Idol, but, right? Um, but yeah, yeah. I, Ready, steady, go is one of my favorite cuts. Uh, but anyhow, you can dance to that while you can request that from the DJ and I'll be like, whatever, creepy guy. <laughs> and if you could put a spotlight on me, I will be in the center of the dance floor. You bring down all the other lights in the house and put it right on me. I'm really going to go for it. <laughs> okay. Security. <laughs> all right. Uh, well, next week, hopefully Emily, we will be back. Maybe, maybe Giselle, Giselle and probably not Kruger, but maybe, but he's coming back sometime in the next week or t- week or two. And in the meantime, we will see you next Tuesday. Bye, friend. Time to tip that fuck. Time to tip that fuck. Time to tip that fuck. Tip that fuck. Time to tip that fuck. Time to tip that fuck. Time to tip that fuck. has been a production of Smodco Internet Radio.